0: Welcome to the CEO.Digital show. My name's Craig McCartney.
1: And I'm Darcy Thompson-Fields.
0: And this is an open exploration of technologies and trends straight from the C-suite.
1: You'll hear insights that will help you better deliver results for your company and its stakeholders now and in the future. You can find out more and stay up to date at CEO.Digital. Craig, how was the interview with Dixie?
0: Darcy, it was so interesting for me You know, she spent so much time at IBM, which is such a big company, and her stories around how they sort of innovated and adapted to the pandemic uh, were pretty inspirational, going from such a a huge workforce to working remotely while still servicing and innovating for their clients. It was extremely insightful. What about you?
1: Yeah, that's pretty incredible feat from such a large organization. Um, For me, I really loved her references to her first manager who made such an impact on her career. The fact that she still references that experience now as what's driven her to be so successful. I think it's a great lesson for everyone in leadership to know that you can have such an impact on someone's life.
0: Agreed. And, you know, there were so many great stories from her podcast. Let's just dive straight into it.
1: Let's do it. Our guest this week is Dixie Adams, Managing Partner at Hybrid Cloud Services, IBM Global Business Services America. With a degree in computer science and Russian literature, and a determination not to work in a computer organisation, Dixie has since spent over three decades at IBM, where she's developed a deep consulting experience in IT strategy, systems and technology deployment and complex programme delivery, exploring her passion for the intersection of business and technology. Her areas of expertise include business leadership, digital transformation, cloud application development, and infrastructure outsourcing. She also serves on the board of Chicago Youth Centers, the oldest youth services agency in Chicago, and the International Women's Forum in Chicago. Dixie Adams, welcome to the CEO.Digital Show. Thank you,
2: Darcy. I'm really excited to be here today.
0: Welcome, Dixie. It is great to have you here. So I'm going to kick things off. Right at the start of your career, I believe um, you didn't want to get into uh, the technology industry, um, even though you have a, a degree in computer science. But you you mentioned that you had a really positive interview with a certain manager uh, at IBM who changed your mind. And from our point of view, we've seen it, and and you know you talking about it reminded of us of that. But it's incredible how one person can have such a influence over your career trajectory. Can you tell us a little bit about that experience just firsthand?
2: Yeah, sure. And you know, you're right when I um exited my undergraduate degree after spending so many nights and weekends writing code and sitting in computer labs, I said, "Okay, I definitely don't want to do that." But when I interviewed with IBM and as you said this first manager that I had just had such an amazing impact. He spent so much time kind of talking about the importance of delivering client solutions and the value he shared his own career. And I think what really captivated me about his personal style was just the way that he listened and the questions that he asked. So you really had this great feeling that he was really somebody that you could learn from and that would really help At least from my perspective helped me grow my career because even in that first conversation he kind of painted the story of here was my career journey given what you've studied given you know just what i'm learning from you here's where i think you can go within ibm and that was extremely compelling to me and so very exciting and i think it shows the power of having a really strong coach
0: yeah and from your perspective, has that also shaped your own role as a leader
2: definitely i I think, as I said, that probably the two biggest um things that I learned from him was making time for the people that you lead, so really making time to listen to understand and taking the time to help people learn from failures. So I'll give you um, just a great story. So when I first joined this group and it was a development lab, we did a lot of different programs, very complicated instances, and he was never afraid to give his most junior developers hard problems to solve. And probably one of my first engagements that I did for him, I created a a loop in the system and it caused an entire part of the code to go down. And so I had to work all night to get it fixed. He was available via the phone to answer questions the next day, and it had a big impact, the next day he could have been very terse with, you know, "Here's what you learned, and let me tell you what you learned, you know, what you did wrong." Instead, he asked me to explain what I thought I had learned from the experience. And I think that ability to just step back and reflect and take those lessons and learning really had much more of an impact than having him tell me what I did. Um, wrong. And it really made me not afraid to fail. You know, it made me embrace the learning from that failure.
1: That's so important, I think. Well, I mean, Going back to kind of your history and experience uh, with you know three decades under your belt at IBM it's fair to say you're a true IBMer with a full 360 degree view of the company and you've currently landed in hybrid cloud services so could you tell our listeners a little bit more about what IBM do from a hybrid cloud services perspective and what problems you solve for your clients? Yes,
2: um, would love to do that. So from a hybrid cloud services, we really work with clients to help them accelerate their digital transformation. And as we found over the last, probably the last year specifically, clients are really accelerating their digital transformation. And what we want to be able to do is to understand where clients are in their digital journey and to embrace the hybrid cloud solution as we look at helping them solve that, you know, any challenges that they have or any opportunities that they have. Realizing that most of our clients are still fairly early on in their cloud journey. So as they look at bringing those solutions to the table, You know, they need to be thinking about what they currently have, maybe in their on-premise data centers, what they might already be doing with SaaS solutions or public cloud, and really bringing that all together in an integrated fashion. We also believe very strongly in open innovation and really embracing the fact that our clients have so much technology out there that they need to be able to take advantage of all of it in an open environment. They need to have flexibility and scalability, and kind of bringing that together is what we do for clients. Um, you know, I, I can give a couple of stories I'll, I'll share um, with you. One, we've been working with a client in the manufacturing space, specifically as they look at their cloud journey. And as they've kind of embraced this, they've really wanted to understand how do they look at their entire ecosystem? How should they be transitioning that ecosystem to leverage cloud, realizing that they have a very core bit of functionality that leverages SAP? And so as we think about helping our clients build that roadmap of transformation, understanding where SAP plays in that and how they can bring all of the other components together to deliver that solution. Another recent partnership that we announced in February with Siemens is really to take Siemens solution um, Mindware, which they bring to their clients to take all of the data that exists in a manufacturing environment and to help them bring that together in solutions so that they can make much more faster, agile decisions that will aid them in deploying um, their manufacturing capabilities. And by leveraging Red Hat as part of that solution, they can now offer it regardless of the different cloud platform that a client may want to do. And so that partnership with Siemens is really showing the power of open, Mm -hmm. the power of solving complex um, solutions for clients where you might have terabytes of data that you need to be able to access to make decisions. You've got to be able to do it in a variety of different ways. And I think you know, these solutions coming together to solve that business problem are a really great example of the kinds of work that we do for clients. Fantastic.
1: It's funny that you mentioned manufacturing. They seem to be coming up more and more frequently as an example of really leading innovation um, and digitization. I mean, why do you think that is as a as an industry in particular?
2: Well, I I think number one, technology is a core component of everything that they do. So, you know, it's also something that's part of their their culture, how they deliver solutions. But I also think that in a manufacturing environment, they have so many different um, solutions that are out there. And you think about the um, IoT and edge computing and how they have access to all of these different devices. Being able to bring all of that together in a cohesive solution, taking advantage of hybrid cloud technologies and open innovation like leveraging Red Hat becomes such a core component of what clients are looking to do.
0: Very interesting. Thank you, Dixie. So let's talk a little bit about um, some of the work you're doing at IBM uh, and you know we can sort of uh, dive into some of the journey there. You know, you definitely have a passion for fusing business and technology. I know we sort of uncovered some of that when we spoke to you last. But, you know, in order to help clients leverage technology, you also have to develop an understanding of their business problems. Do you find that your clients already have an understanding of the challenges that they face or, you know, the the process of teasing out those problems? You know, is it a benefit for you as much as it is for them?
2: I would say that you know many of our clients do understand what the business challenges are in front of them. I think that it's really that understanding that business challenge from the context of how can you leverage technology to resolve that business problem and maybe putting it into a context in which you can understand in a easy to absorb term how you can put all of the different technology components together is the piece that in from an ibm standpoint kind of that value add that we bring to the table and you know and having the experiences of doing it for so many different clients you can bring those lessons learned from other industries, from other similar client situations to the table and you can make them feel much more comfortable that you've lived through that journey that they're going to be, you know, kind of facing. And I think it is that understanding and that experience that brings to the table that client understanding to a greater
0: level. And with the global pandemic, obviously it's been a very challenging time uh, for for people and businesses technology has played a huge role in helping us navigate through the pandemic and i'm i'm curious to understand you know are all industries similar in the challenges that they're facing currently or are they different and and how so and then how are you helping them overcome those challenges
2: i'll answer that in two different ways i think Clients have faced very similar challenges as it pertains to, you know, how they take care of their employees, how they make sure that they can continue to keep their operations running. And and clearly, a client that may have a lot of manufacturing sites around the world versus clients that might do most of their work in an office situation, clearly there are differences from that perspective. But I think where clients do differ is how they're servicing their own clients, kind of the speed in which they're coming out of the pandemic, and the types of solutions and or answers they need to be able to accelerate that movement out. And I think that's where we're seeing the differences. And so some clients, you would be surprised, some of the clients that maybe have been the hardest hit from a COVID perspective, are the ones that are really embracing the opportunity to transform at a much more aggressive and accelerated fashion than you know clients that maybe have been not as hard hit um, by the pandemic. So I think that's been a very interesting kind of experience to just see how each client is reacting, how their business is reacting and how quickly they want to implement change.
0: Yeah, and a follow up question. Then from that, we're talking about your clients. How has IBM adapted uh, to the times?
2: Um, yes, I would tell you that the probably the first couple of weeks of the pandemic, I could not have been prouder of IBM and the speed in which we pivoted to remote working. And imagine having hundreds of thousands of people that you need to pivot to work remotely. Many of them were in our global centers. They had to do that without missing a beat. And it was an amazing experience to witness. And it just showed the power of proper planning. So think of all of the proper planning that goes into making sure every single individual has the equipment that they need that we've got the you know access wi-fi access to every you know every person's home or wherever they're working and um, all of the tools to make sure that we don't drop anything on behalf of our clients and our teams Um, i also think as i look at the last year it has really created a lot of change in terms of how we show up to clients Um, it has reinforce the importance of being prepared so you think about when you would have the opportunity to walk down the hallway and grab five minutes with a client you didn't have to think about you know every single solitary question they might ask or objection they might have or additional you know area they might want to delve into when you only have 30 minutes with a client or an hour with a client you have to be extremely prepared in thinking through that interaction. And so I think as a result, you kind of think about a 30-minute meeting with a client, you may take you know, a few hours to prepare to think about that. So it's really kind of
1: changed that specific area of interaction with clients. Totally. And earlier, when we were kind of talking about the innovation IBM is offering its clients, you mentioned Red Hat. Yes. And I know that back in 2019, you came back to IBM after a year's break working with Fujitsu um, around the same time of the Red Hat acquisition. So can you tell us a little bit more about that and kind of what brought you back?
2: Yes. So um, at the time... When I was at Fujitsu, I was leading their services business and IBM had just recently acquired Red Hat. And when I looked at all of the feedback from even my clients, just kind of looking at the push around open innovation, the recognition that there were many cloud providers in the market and realizing that IBM was embracing the open ecosystem, embracing this whole idea that clients do have choices for which public cloud they want to go on and Red Hat kind of being the center of that, I was excited about the opportunity to come back to IBM and lead the hybrid cloud services business. And as I look at that, one of the areas that we have continued to be very focused on is bringing those capabilities to our clients, meeting them where they're at. So if a client does have AWS or Microsoft or Google, all of those solutions are important in the market as is IBM Cloud, Mm. but bringing them together and using Red Hat to really provide that architectural foundation is a really, really important aspect of why I came back to IBM and why I'm so excited to have Red Hat as kind of the cornerstone of a lot of our hybrid cloud solutions.
1: Perfect. And do you think, I mean, obviously kind of transitioning to a remote workforce with a company of IBM size is no mean feat. You know, you've already touched upon how kind of impressed you were with, you know, the agility and innovation that um, that IBM showed. What do you think are kind of some some of the main things that you've learned from undergoing this transition?
2: So I talked a bit about the importance of preparing for every meeting. And I think that is, you know, is really important. I also think just from a learning perspective, as we think about working remotely, probably two of the other biggest lessons that I've learned are making sure that you spend time with your employees and that you recognize the personal aspect of everything that people are going through and take time for that. And then, you know, probably the other equally important element is to schedule time for yourself for think time. Hmm. Because as we think about our calendars, our calendars can be, you know, just jam-packed with clients, with, you know... Team-oriented activities, but if you don't make time for yourself and give yourself that thinking break in there, you will. You know, it's hard to sustain this level of activity.
0: I was at hosting an event last night, and the the sales director there um, they said that what they do when they organize meetings is they use little emojis at the start of the the meeting request to let you know if you need to be in front of your screen. So. You know, if you then need to go for a walk, I know it's not taking uh, the headspace that you need, but you at least get out there and, you know, enjoy the sun and you have your business meeting. And it's quite a, just a, an interesting and simple approach to, to just helping you get that break as well. I think it was quite interesting. It, it sparked a lot of discussion.
2: Yeah. And Craig, I think that's, that is a great, um, you know, just example of the importance of setting the right tone. And I know that was another piece that was IBM focused on very early on was kind of sort of the guidelines for leaders. And you think about, you know, I think very initially, everybody wanted to have everyone on camera more to just kind of see people and make sure people were okay. And then we found that, people were exhausted by being on the camera and saying, it's okay to shut your camera off. It is okay to take this meeting while you're walking. You don't have to be on all the time. And I think just you know, kind of sharing those experiences really makes the right environment, the right culture. So people feel like they can be themselves and they can take care of themselves while they're taking care of their, their teams and their clients.
0: Agreed. So talking about um, your role, uh, you know, as the managing uh, director for hybrid cloud, sorry, managing partner for hybrid cloud services, you know, this, uh, this podcast will go out to um, senior executives or, or making decisions around technology, probably grappling with uh, hybrid cloud questions. Are there any lessons or any key takeaways or anything that you would share with that senior audience?
2: I think um, as we look at this hybrid cloud journey it is really important to take the time on the front end to think through the strategy and the business outcomes that you are focused on driving for your organization and so keeping those business outcomes top of mind is really really important because this is not about Technology for technology's sake. It is really about enabling the business transformation aspects. So as you go through and whether it is building a new solution, leveraging cloud technologies or modernizing your existing portfolio, understand what that end game is that you want to achieve. Build a roadmap that shows How you are going to get there. So, if you think about a client that may have a portfolio of hundreds of applications, knowing how you're going to disposition those applications, is it something that you can, you know, retire because you've rebuilt the functionality in a different way? Do you want to? refactor that application because it does have long-term life? Do you want to rewrite that application? So as you kind of think through this, again, you have to think through how are you going to be leveraging these solutions? I also think that as you go through this transformation effort, it is a really good opportunity for you to think about how work gets done. A lot of times, clients can simply think about, okay, I'm going to move this whole portfolio of applications onto cloud technology, and that's going to give me some benefit. If you don't think about kind of the reinvention of the work, so that kind of intelligent workflow component of what you're doing, you're going to miss a big opportunity to truly drive transformative value, not just you know, operational
1: value to your business. So we are working with IBM uh, to run one of our chief wine officer events on June the 3rd, and that's currently open for registrations to the US audience. And the theme that we're looking at for that evening is gonna be shifts in cloud adoption and operating models for success. So could you talk a little bit about this topic Um, in terms of, you know, the cloud from IBM's perspective, and also, you know, how this affects operation models? So Darcy, great question. If I think
2: about operating models, and that is really a core element of um, any solution as a client thinks about their hybrid cloud journey, they think about digital transformation, it is how will the business function differently? And as we see clients shifting more and more to cloud technologies, we see that a few things kind of unfolding. One, business and IT are becoming much more integrated in how they work together and in the solutions that they deploy. And if you think about that from the perspective of working in agile ways and bringing those two components together to solve business problems. We're also seeing more of our clients think about their own workforce and what that transformation means to their own teams as they look at, you know, partnering with an IBM To complete this um, hybrid cloud transformation journey, a big element of that is how do their own teams need to evolve their skills and capabilities to be able to manage and deliver capability in these functions? Um, We recently had a, a client in the insurance industry that has been Um, working with us just to kind of look at how do they shift from a project-based IT capability to a product-based IT capability. So if you think about, you know, typically IT has leveraged large scale projects in which they deliver new functionality out to the business. Now with this focus on agile, more and more IT businesses are looking at how do we make this a product where we have a product owner, we have capability that we're delivering in releases, and I think that kind of mindset of thinking differently around how we bring teams together, how we have that integrated capability from business all the way through to IT, including operations, becomes
1: a new shift in that operating model. Perfect. And yeah, I mean, the, the people aspect is something that I think is under considered when we think about transformation and technology. Um, because really, you know, it is people who have the biggest organisational impact. So, you know, what's the importance of helping your clients teams to build the right skills and capabilities within their organisations? And how do you go about helping them achieve that?
2: So I think it is absolutely critical that it really be a co-creation of solutions with our clients. Again, clients don't want this to be done on their behalf or to them. They really want to come to the table and do it in this collaborative co-creation way as we think about the solutions that we're delivering. And, um, we have been working very closely with a large airline to not only build the operating model for this for digital transformation onto the cloud, but to really think about you know how we help them create the appropriate model for their employees to be able to learn and grow and develop these skills, such that they have all of that capability within their own. Um, their own enterprise, and I think that's more and more what we're seeing from clients.
1: so moving on, I think you know one of the angles I'd love to cover is you know your experience as a woman in technology. you know you obviously are you know in a very senior position and you've been in the tech industry uh, with IBM even for for over three decades as we touched on and IBM itself is kind of known as quite an innovative organization, you know, not only from a technical perspective, but also from a people perspective and has a great kind of long history of advocating for and giving opportunities to women in tech. Um, So what's your kind of own experience within the technology sector um, and how has kind of IBM's position and values affected your own experience?
2: So great question. Uh, You know, it's interesting being in, you know, studying computer science, being in that program very early on, I, I think I have been accustomed to being, always being in a situation where I was one of a few women in any situation. So whether that was my undergraduate degree in computer science, I've spent, you know, a large chunk of my career in the industrial space, so whether that's oil and gas or manufacturing, and usually, when you think about um, women leaders and that in those companies, you don't see as many um, at least when I started out early in my career and I'm you know very happy to see that you know every business is really embracing diversity um, across the board. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that makes me very um, proud of IBM and we just recently celebrated women's history Month and if you kind of go back and look at I'll call it the first. So if you kind of look at IBM's history, you know, we've started from very early in our career, or very early in IBM's history of kind of leading with, um, with diversity. And I can think about in 1935, we hired the first 25 or female graduates. We had our first um, vice president in 1943 within IBM, Amazing. and you know, I just looked when we were celebrating Women's History Month of like four pages of firsts. Yeah, and you know, I think as a, a female leader, kind of offering those first experiences to women that I'm coaching or mentoring is really, really important. So the first opportunity in which to be a manager, the first opportunity in which to have that next step of your career. And I think it is that kind of theme of first that is really integral to IBM and really integral to what I think is part of my leadership style. And I think I got that from my first first manager. I mean, he really kind of taught me that you, you don't think about you know, the fact that you're a female, you think about what skills and capabilities and experiences you bring to a role. And that's what you focus on. And he really wanted to open doors so that I could experience, you know, that first next step in my career. And I think that is um, really what has kind of stuck with me as I look at my own leadership style.
1: Yeah, I mean, clearly it's had an amazing lasting impact on you. And I think you're so right in terms of how important that is for uh, like ones, not just professional, but also personal development as well. Um, so, you know, touching on that, what do you think are the top qualities of a good leader? I would
2: say one is vision and a sense of purpose. So you have to set a vision and give your team a sense of purpose. Why are they here? What what are we trying to accomplish? Um, two, you've got to build a strong, inclusive culture that really leverages the strength of everyone. Another aspect or the third aspect would be helping teams solve problems so you know if you look at building the culture part of that culture is picking the best team and having really strong folks on your team but then you also have to make sure that as a leader you break down the walls that impact their ability to succeed so you pick the right people and then you you really help them achieve
1: their objectives also fundamental and you mentioned earlier kind of we were talking about obviously this new distributed workforce, different initiatives to to get people to, to work best uh, when it comes to a slightly disrupted style. But what do you think, you know, how do you think those qualities that are needed of leaders have changed during this time? And what do kind of leaders and managers really need to be focusing on when helping to manage and grow a distributed workforce?
2: So I think one really critical aspect of that is the importance of balance and empathy. So in this distributed workforce, you really have to make sure that you take the whole person into account as you think about the work that they're doing, how they're doing it, and, you know, and the objective that, you know, you're jointly trying to achieve. And I think without that, it is really easy to just say, you know, here are the 17 things that I need you to do without introducing the flexibility and that balance in there that enables them to be their best. And to recognize that their best may occur, you know, at different times in the day as they take care of family members, as they they balance their own work-life situation. So I think that is one thing that has become much more prevalent as mm-hmm. we think about evolving leadership styles. And I also think that given that people are not in an office environment, so that camaraderie that you might have had before, you have to think about ways in which you create that and you recognize people and create that sense of teamwork. And it, you know, it's happened in a variety of different ways, whether that's you know, very early on, people would do virtual social social events so that they could have a bit more personal interaction. Yeah. You know, you might do fireside chats to make sure that you're communicating with smaller groups. But I think it really has evolved as leaders in terms of how
1: you interact with people. Totally. Well, thank you so much, Dixie. It's been a pleasure to chat to you and get your insights across cloud innovation and, and leadership as well. We'll close it off with a couple of uh, slightly more fun quick fire questions, uh, which is the way we love to end each interview. So well, yeah, we'll fire some short questions at you and you can fire some short answers back. Uh, so Craig, do you want to kick off?
0: Yes. Thanks Darcy. So what is your guilty technology pleasure?
2: Um, I will give you two. One is Instagram and looking at um, house renovations. We're renovating a very, very old house. And I look at um, pictures of houses all day. And then I would say my other is um, the Queen's Gambit. I love chess and I love the idea of playing multi-dimensional chess in my head and so just watching that show there were I thought that was just very fun.
1: I love that show yeah and I have to ask you you mentioned your um your degree was in Russian literature uh, do you have a favorite Russian novel or author? Um, yes. Anna Karenina
2: is my yes. favorite book. Um, I tried to get my husband to read it as we were dating and, um, it was too long. He, <laughs> it was too long. <laughs> Yeah.
1: It's was like but. The, but it is a good one. Yes.
0: And while the world has been in lockdown, what have you missed the most?
2: the opportunity to travel I am a big traveler and so just the chance to get out and visit different places and friends all over the world I've really missed that
1: yes I think it's been missed by all (laughs) (laughs)
2: yeah you know you're used to getting on the plane all the time but you also realize that the opportunity to be on the plane for pleasure you miss that
0: yeah and you know people talk about zoom fatigue I don't know if those people have ever traveled from San Francisco to London uh, and then back within 48 hours you know having them to do a a full a day's work that is pretty exhausting
1: yes (laughs) (laughs) okay so can you uh, describe for us in one line what your family thinks you do what your boss thinks you do what your friends think you do
2: so my family thinks that I run a big business for IBM, although if you ask my kids, they would say before COVID, I was on a plane all the time meeting with cool clients. They always loved hearing client stories. <laughs> nice. My boss would say that I solve problems for clients and lead a big portion of our America's business. And my friends would say, I work
1: too hard. (laughs) (laughs) It sounds like they're definitely right. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for joining us, Dixie. It's been absolutely great to have you on.
0: Thank you very much.
2: Yes, it was great to talk with both of you. You guys have a
1: fabulous day. Thanks thank you you too and to our listeners if you'd like to hear more about IBM um, and about some of the topics that we were speaking about in this episode you can register for the Chief Wine Officer event Shifts in Cloud Adoption and Operating Models for Success on June the 3rd via our Chief Wine Officer website otherwise please do make sure to rate review and subscribe to this podcast to hear more great episodes and you can find out more and stay up to date at ceo.digital you